And I don't care whether you're a, you know, major, major brand or, uh, you know, a, a dry cleaner, you know, you got to become Dr. Spots. You know, you have to be able to use content to drive the business. Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for another episode. And today I have back with me Jeffrey Hazlett, founder and I guess executive chairman of C-Suite. Jeffrey, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thanks. Anytime one of my number one podcaster calls and says, hey, I need something, I'm there. (laughs) That's great. Jeffrey, the reason I really wanted to visit with you is you seem to have your finger on the pulse of a lot of different things, and one of which I really wanted to try to see if we could explore at the end of this year, and that's the pulse of the country, at least the business pulse. You speak, you're on virtual presentations, you're talking to folks all the time, you're looking at new entrepreneurs, you're looking at new businesses, you're giving advice, you're on boards of directors. So I really just wanted to to use all of that to see where do you see we are now in uh, December of 2021? You know, we got Omicron going on. A lot of us have been vaccinated and we're ready to kind of break out and go back to our old old ways. But what do you see the business community responding now? That there are no old ways. There are all going to be new ways. I think that's the one of the biggest things. I think everybody's ready to really, you know, kick it in the gear. The mood's changing, Tom, and I think that's a very positive thing. Like, hey, we're done with this. We don't all right, even if we have to deal with whatever Omicron, what a Megacron, whatever it's going to actually become and which ones come, because it's going to be one after another that we ha- we can't just shut down. We can't just stop. We have to work on how we're going to figure around you know, adapting to these kinds of things, the challenges that are going to be in front of us and that we need to get back to it. Now, well, what I do see is some changes in the way, as I said, the new way. So like, we're certainly not going to have offices the way we used to think of offices, right? We found out that we can make this work without having that. Okay, great. That So now how are we going to monitor that? How are we going to best use that? How are we going to direct out-of-office workforces? I'm looking at new office spaces and spots because of opportunities right now. But what I'm finding is these big towers, they have lots of empty space, but the other ones that I really desire, well, they're not there. So the way in which you'd like to have a little bit more of a hoteling of offices, maybe a smaller footprint, but yet bigger conference rooms so that you can have lots of meetings, but yet everybody then the high fives and heads home kind of activity. So there's a lot of that going to be going on. So I'm watching to see that. And then, you know, be honest with you, Tom, the other thing, or be transparent with you is that we're changing the way we do businesses. I mean, look at all the fast food restaurants and other restaurants have now become foods that travel well. And, you know, even the fast food restaurants are changing their lobbies, getting rid of lobbies and going to have um, ghost kitchens where they're just in a, some facility somewhere and they're and they're being delivered by Grubhub or Uber Eats or by whoever else, or their Wendy's is developing four drive-up lanes rather than one or two. And you're starting to see, you know, like buildings going to have drive-ups on both sides of the buildings, not just on one side. So it's kind of unique. One of the reasons I really appreciated the opportunity to visit with you over the life of the pandemic has been to watch you pivot C-Suite from uh, kind of February 2020 and early March into March, April, the summer of 2020, 
and delivering a product and service to C-suite members, but also having a large amount of growth in C-suite. And do you see companies that are service companies, or even some that might have a product company, really moving to this different model that you've been able to develop with C-suite? Yeah, well, I think the biggest realization is content. Content, you know, king, activation is queen, but context is the kingdom. That is getting it out. And I don't care whether you're a, you know, major, major brand or, uh, you know, a a dry cleaner, you know, you got to become Dr. Spots, you know, you have to be able to use content to drive the business. And so that's one of the big learnings that I had that you couldn't let this digital era go by and COVID actually accelerated. We saw that days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years. And we saw an acceleration of the time schedules for doing things. And also, yeah, we saw the value of using tools like we're using right now. You're using Squadcast to capture this, but Zoom or digital meetings for us to have one-on-one meetings. We were doing that beforehand. And here I was supposed to have a big, huge conference in 2020 in May. And I made it might've seen 300 people. Now, when I pivoted that to a digital conference, I had 3,500 people. So it was like, whoa, okay, change, change. Now, did I make as much money as I normally would have made? No, but I had a bigger impact, had a greater funnel and I was able then to utilize that funnel over a period of time to be able to grow the organization. You know, And during the pandemic time, we've actually grown the business rather than shrink the business and actually put more on the bottom line. Now, that wasn't easy to do, had some difficulties with it and some you know, changes that you have to do. But as I wrote about in my very first book, The Mirror Test, you have to change, adapt or die. One of my favorite stories is the largest grocery store in Texas is called H-E-B. And of course, they went to a uh, curbside delivery. And one of my favorite interviews was the COO who said, we increased our business 20% by offering a new service line, which is just bringing people's groceries out to them. We still kept our stores. We still kept stock. We still kept people coming in. Are you seeing companies, because they had to really stumble on new business lines because of this? And who doesn't like it? I mean, everybody likes it. I mean, like High V, which is, operates in South Dakota and Iowa and Minnesota, and they're my local guys here in South Dakota. And I live nine miles out of town. And for five bucks, I can go on, order all my stuff on the app, and for five bucks, they'll deliver it at the time frame they say they will deliver it. Are you kidding me? Of course I love that. Who doesn't love that? So they got a happier customer with me, and I'm not grumpy when I go in there. Yes, so maybe every once in a while I don't get the kind of lettuce I like or I don't get this or I get the wrong can of beans. It's still a can of beans. Get over it, you know? And so I'm pretty happy with it. And so I really like it. And if I want to just make sure I have those items that I like to have, then I got to go in and get them. But wow, what a great, great service. And I think we're learning to adapt a little bit. You know what? I think we're, as customers and consumers, we're lightening up a little bit. I mean, like, think right now, Tom, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm going back into restaurants, I'm traveling, and, you know, you walk in a restaurant, it's packed, and there's nobody nobody with masks on, so to speak. They're just willing to say, hey, we can do this, we vaccinated, we're, you know, safe, we're practicing safe practices as much as we can. But the service is really bad at most restaurants right now still, because they just don't have the people. And you can, it, you know, it takes you a long, longer time in some places. Now, I won't say in all restaurants, because some restaurants are doing a really good job. But in some restaurants, some places, it's taking a long time. I used to just like complain about that, right? Most of us would complain. We would get grumpy about it. Now you go like, man, I'm sitting in a restaurant. I'm having a drink. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a conversation with my wife. I think I'm okay. So I think we've become a little bit more tolerant, which I think is 
as a good thing as well. Let me pick up on a point you raised a little bit earlier, which was I remember the scheduled May 2020 conference, and it was going to be a spectacular event. You had some spectacular speakers lined up in a spectacular venue. And you, of course, had to move to a virtual event. And I like to ask about the customer experience at C-Suite. What feedback are you getting from people like me or or other consumers of the C-Suite content and product services about this new delivery model? Uh, Nothing but positive. I mean, are there some people, have we lost some people who would like to see a face-to-face or flesh-to-flesh kind of activity? Yeah. But by and large, we've been able to replicate it. So i give you a good example. We even throw a Scotch Sunday event now where we actually get together and everybody has Scotch, bourbon, whiskey, or, or the beverage of your choice. You can you can drink water if you want, whatever you like to have. And or on Fridays, we do uh, celebrations We you know, like we used to, Tom, on Friday nights, maybe you're driving home from the office, you'd stop off, meet a friend or two, talk over the week, give each other high fives or pat in the back depending on how good of a week it was, or maybe you needed a hug because it was a bad week. But, you know, nonetheless, you'd stop off, have a drink or something like that, and rely on you know, an appetizer or something. So we did. We do an event like that every single Friday. We get together and celebrate the things for the week. And so we everybody shares, and then we go into breakout rooms, and we break into groups of like four and five, just like you'd be sitting around a table. So we've tried to replicate some of that experience wherever we possibly can, so it's just not us talking to, you know, 150 people or or whatever it might be, or we'll tackle individual t- topics and people come back and share and you get great ideas from all of that interaction. So, yeah, it's been by and large extremely popular way to do that. And even when we did the big event with 3,500 people, it was the Battleship Forum. That was a Battleship leader, Leadership Forum. And I had admirals there. The person who uh, the uh, the commander and captain took took the worst ship in the navy and turned it into the best ship with the same exact crew in less than a year. Two admirals that were speaking, uh, ordnance officers, an army officer. We you know we talked about battle tested techniques and strategies that you can put into business. That's what we did, and we were of course going to do that in Norfolk on the USS Wisconsin. It was going to be unbelievable, and of course. Pfft, COVID hit, boom, lost my deposits, lost all the stuff we paid, didn't get any of that back. And then, of course, had to make it up with, you know, the attendance and and the way in which we did it. But we did the same thing. We had those same exact speakers. We did breakout rooms with everybody. We got a faculty, our thought council from the C-suite network, some of the greatest leaders and thought council members that we have. I got podcast hosts and others like yourself and others to host breakout rooms. And we did very intimate kinds of breakouts. And so, everybody's, you know, every once in a while you get a complaint about something, but by and large, it's nothing but nothing but kudos and high fives. Jeffrey, you also sit on boards of directors and advise senior leadership in companies. Really, I'd like to now maybe focus on your role as a board member. What are the types of things board members are asking senior management to think about? Is it is it expanded risk? Is it the ability to move to business as usual? Under any circumstances, is it the ability to pivot or is it the traditional things? No, I, you know, even before you said the word risk, I would have said it's to mitigate risk as much as possible. We have to, if you're not growing, you're dying. So that's first of all. So we want to focus every business on how do we get more and more growth because that we're responsible for to the shareholders of the company. But we have to do it inside of mitigating risk. 
you're always going to have risk. No matter what you do, there's always going to be risk. But our goal is to mitigate that risk. So when we, you know, just like when I was a C-suite officer at Eastman Kodak, I would say, hey, we're going to go do this. And the attorneys would come to me and say, you can't do that. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't ask you whether I could or I couldn't. That's my business decision as a business leader. Your job as an attorney is to tell me how I can, okay? And how I can do it as as less risky as I possibly can because nobody wakes up every morning and says, I can't wait to be stupid, especially a C-suite leader. Our job is to be the most strategic people in the room. So we're looking at that. And board members, that's what we have to do too. So we have to is you know understand the conditions of satisfaction that the CEO has for the plan, what the direction is, and are they asking all the right kinds of questions? Are they doing and have and putting in the right things, right moves, right processes, in order to be able to hit that goal from go to go to A to B or to C, and then what risk do we have along the way, and have we done the things we need to do to mitigate the risk? Because there's always going to be risk. There's always a possibility things could go wrong, and then that's what we have to do every single day. Today already, I've done two board actions already this morning. You know, I serve on number 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 of boards, and I've already interacted with CEO on two different boards today. And you just do that every single day. And you know, last week with the, at the end of the year, there's a flurry of me signing all kinds of different you know motions and actions and um, you know things that we have to do to take action at the end of the year. Jeffrey, you're also a Hall of Fame speaker with the National Speakers Association. And I was wondering if I could ask you about where you see the in-person conference business going in 2022 and perhaps beyond now. A lot less. You're either going to have really small groups or really big ones. That's what I see it. Not much in between. So I think that we're what we're seeing with the screen and us on Zoom and doing those I was with a bunch of other what's called the million dollar speakers group and that million dollar speakers group, those speakers, a very elite group that make a million or more just in speaking. And that's a very small group. And I mean, it's handfuls of people in the world. And that and we were talking about that. And so one of them said, I can't wait to be on stage again. And I said, I can't wait till I never walk on another stage the rest of my life. And they go, what do you mean? I go, I like this. I'm getting paid basically the same amount of money and I'm doing more of them than I've ever done before. And, you know, it, it's helping my funnel. It's helping all the things that I do. So I don't think we'll be away from this. And I like this. And I like being able just to get, you know, and talking to a group of people on a screen. And, and you know, like I said before, I would have reached maybe 350 people. The Battleship Forum, we reached 3,500. That's pretty intense to be able to do. So I, you know, I do think if you're not a subject matter expert, if you're not a celebrity, it's going to be a long road for you as a professional speaker, you're really going to have to have credentials. So it used to be a lot of people would get up and just, you know, learn to speak and speak as a business. And that's going to be hard for a lot of people to do because most people are going to be looking for those subject matter experts, how to move us from here to here, you know, whether it's motivation, inspiration, education, you know, or monetization, that's what they're looking for in a speaker, or they're looking for a celebrity, somebody that's a draw to help them fill the room or to make the room feel better about why they're there. And I think those are the things that are going to be the key driving factors uh, in the future. So, Jeffrey, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode. But if anyone wanted more information on uh, C-Suite or any of the offerings, where could they go? They just go right to me at C, Jeff, at C-SuiteNetwork.com. Jeff at c suite network.com and suite spelled S-U-I-T-E as in C-suite. Jeffrey, as always, it's a pleasure to catch up and I'm sure I'll be asking you somewhere down the road in 2022 to see where we think we might be then. 
Uh, Well, thank you and happy holidays. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.